0: This podfic contains adult material of a sexual and graphic nature. Listener discretion is advised, and be mindful of the tags. Feel free to hop out of the back seat if that's not your thing. Dean won't hold it against you. More than likely, he or Sam or some other espion character or any number of character combinations will be too busy holding other things against others to give it a second thought. If you've buckled up and are ready for the drive, Please check your Bluetooth connections and or plug in those headphones before the engine starts. By proceeding, you understand that idling in the Impala is not responsible for any embarrassment, cringe, or adverse consequences that may occur as a result of the listener failing to conduct these checks. Pine Sweat by Apple Crumbledore. Rating is explicit. No archive warnings apply. Category is male-male. Fandom is supernatural. Relationship, Dean Winchester slash Sam Winchester. Characters, Sam Winchester, Dean Winchester, Zachariah, supernatural. Additional tags, time travel, season series five, case Vic, camping, pining, POV alternating, sharing a bed, samulet, angst, canon typical violence, angel fuckery, blood and injury, animal death, brief, sexual tension, masturbation, mild gore, trauma, early series. Heat but worse. Sam sat there in the dirt holding the heel of his palm against his bleeding nose while Dean disappeared up over the ridge. Once he was gone, Sam struggled to his feet and headed after him, at a distance. He knew he wasn't being helpful when he said it. He knew it wasn't kind, but it was gnawing at him and it was awful, and he needed to say it just to hear it out loud. Getting punched for it was a fair enough price. He watched from a distance as Dean stormed up to their packs. The younger Dean hadn't tried to catch up with his brother and was hovering nervously by their fallen backpacks. Dean barked something at him as he grabbed his bag, then left him in the dust. Young Dean looked up helplessly at Sam as he approached. What happened? Sam snorted back blood. He hauled his pack onto his shoulder without looking at him. You want to fuck your brother and somehow that's my bad? he could practically hear the kid flinch. That wasn't kind of Sam either, but he wasn't feeling particularly kind. He didn't stop to apologize before he pushed past him. Then, Sam was alone, with Dean and the other Sam somewhere ahead of him and the younger Dean somewhere behind, following, but not closely. No footsteps, just his own rushing breath and the whine of bugs and a weak breeze in the trees. Sam wiped his throbbing nose on the back of his arm and left a clotted streak of blood. He felt wired and insane. He kept walking faster without thinking and had to slow down because walking fast meant catching up with Dean, and he couldn't look at Dean yet. Dean, at some point in time, had wanted to put his mouth on him. He'd all but admitted that. Dean liked guys, and somehow, at some point, however briefly, Dean liked him. Sam couldn't think about anything else, not last night when he suspected it, or now, when he knew for sure. He'd never seen Dean so cracked open and panicked, unless he counted his 17-year-old self stuttering through, sorry for kissing you. And he did count that, because they both had the same raw edge to their voices, the same desperate determination to be believed. That kiss... Sam had spent all night thinking about it. He thought about the Dean he knew back when he was 17, so cocky and loud and weird, and tried to imagine him kissing some older guy so tenderly. Kissing him, period. It was humiliating and confusing, like there was some grift he wasn't in on. And it was personal. Sam worried he'd led the kid on with his teasing. He should have stopped to talk to him. Sam wasn't mad at him. It was fine, but he still couldn't talk just then. The literal and metaphorical heat was making everything feel blistering and raw. Dean didn't need to tell him it wasn't an ongoing thing, but Sam thought about it all night and all morning and looked at it from every angle he could think of. He already decided that if, miraculously, this thing followed Dean out of adolescence and it wasn't just about the faceless concept of men, it was about him. It couldn't have survived for long after that. Sam had made mistakes so bad that he wasn't sure how the obligation of family survived them, let alone anything ad hoc on top of that. Everything was running together. Horrified that Dean could keep anything this huge from him because if Sam didn't know this, what else might he not know? Pissed off that Dean had found yet another way to dig into his life and tangle the two of them up into something fucked up And unrecognizable. And guilt. He couldn't even begin to unpack how fucked up it was that not kissing Dean back felt like another way he was letting him down. Guilt, again. Sam learned this sick, vulnerable secret, and he instantly turned it on Dean. He tried to cool down. Hiking alone helped. He tried to ignore the ache in his nose. The heat burned in his lungs like the thick air of a sauna. He should have broken down and bought shorts, but Dean made fun of him when he'd brought it up at the store. It was frustrating that he couldn't get away from Dean for even a second. It was this jagged, horrible thing that his brain kept skipping towards like an intrusive thought. Old, faded memories floated to the forefront. Dean, ropey and young, bandaging a gash in Sam's calf with a nearly religious gravity while he sat on a closed toilet lid in some motel bathroom. Dean, manhandling him to sit with his back against his chest while they watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dean, shoving him back onto his side of the car when he tried to sleep with his head in his lap on long drives. There was no pattern to it that Sam could tell. Maybe he already knew Dean had a thing for him, somewhere subconscious. Maybe he just didn't think to call it what it was because he was too close to it. He couldn't see the forest for the trees less faded memories. Dean's hand at the small of his back as he went through doorways, warm through the cheap jacket of a fed suit, turning around all the time and finding Dean already looking back. It couldn't be that. The bugs were so loud he almost didn't notice them, but he became aware of a new, indistinct noise around him, steady and low, like a distant stream. He slowed his pace and straightened up, There was no Dean behind him and no Dean in front, just this new, quiet rushing sound. They had strayed from the creek in the late morning, and even before, there wasn't enough water to make much noise. Too far from the highway for cars. He turned around again, and the sound swiveled behind him. It was coming from his pack. He heaved it off onto the ground, unclipped the straps, and rooted around in it. He tried to rummage without taking anything out, moving by feel but he couldn't think of what could make a noise like that. It was just their tent and med kit, his second shirt, kerosene, and some rations. His hand closed around something cool and smooth, one of the walkie-talkies. He forgot. He dug it out with effort, and it hissed static in his hand. He checked the plastic orange button on the side, and it wasn't pressed. He toggled it on and off, but the steady rush of static didn't change. He pressed the button and brought it up to his face. Dean? The static continued unbroken. Sam waited, crouched back on his haunches next to his pack. He turned up the volume and the static got louder, but even when he brought it to his ear, there was nothing under the rush of sound. No sixth sense whispers. Hello? He tried again. Someone screamed, in the forest, not through the walkie-talkie. Sam was on his feet instantly, whipping around, running towards the sound before he registered who it was or where it was coming from. Trees and shrubs snapped loudly some ways off, and he heard the hard, wet thump of a body hitting the ground. Sam's boots pounded the ground, sprinting. Sprinting back the way he came, he realized, late, towards a scream that sounded a little high to be the Dean he knew, but a Dean nonetheless. Sam could finally see something through the trees, black and beige, movement, and then there was the deafening, echoing blast of two gunshots and some inhuman snarl. He got there. Dean, the young one, was laying on his back in the dirt with blood all over him, heaving something huge and sleek and furry off him. It was... a cougar. Just a cougar. Not just. As Sam ran up, Dean turned over to shove the cougar's dead body off him and revealed bloody, deep gouges in his side, black and jagged, and bite marks in his forearm. Sam had his gun in his hand, but he didn't remember getting it out. He threw it down and helped roll the thing off Dean. Dean dropped his pistol, and it fell against Sam's knee as he crouched next to him. It was still hot. There were two holes in the cougar's chest. Shit, Dean coughed. The face contorted with pain and shining with sweat. The Fuck. Sam put his hands to his wounds, unthinking, and Dean's mouth twisted up worse. What happened? I don't know. It... It jumped on me. Fuck. Where's Sam? Sam grabbed Dean's hands and placed them over the wound he could reach, the biggest one going down his side. Put pressure on it. Stay here. I'll get him. I'll be right back, okay? Dean swore and let his hand fall back to the ground, his whole body tense with pain. Sam sprinted back to his bag, skidded to a stop, and snatched up the walkie-talkie from where he'd left it. It had gone quiet. He pressed the button. If you can hear me, get back here now. Dean's hurt. He dropped the walkie-talkie, grabbed the med kit, and ran back as fast as his legs would carry him. Dean was right where he left him, bleeding into the dirt. Sam slid down next to him. You okay? You good? The kid spoke through his teeth. Do I look good? Sam snapped the kit open and tried to keep his hands steady as he got out rags and alcohol. He forgot water. He hoped Dean heard him over the walkie-talkie and thought to bring his. Tell me what happened. Where's Sam? Dean asked again. He's coming, I think. They... They're up ahead. I don't... Dean groaned and thunked his head against the ground. His eyes were screwed shut. Chin tipped up in agony. Shut up. Whatever. Fuck, this hurts. You'll be okay. It's just a few cuts. We'll clean them. It's fine. Sam didn't think he was lying. It was just an animal. No poison or magic or anything. He helped Dean sit up and peeled off his shirt. Red, red, Broken claw marks dragged down his right side, deep and oozing blood. Sam hissed. Shit, okay, you're okay. He had the rag pressed to his side when he heard the frantic pounding of feet from up ahead, unrelenting and fast. It was the younger Sam, running full tilt. He was sweaty and blotchy and Sam wondered how far ahead they were when he got the call. He skidded to a stop when he saw the dead cougar and the blood everywhere, his face pale and drawn. Oh, God. He ran up and shoved the older Sam out of the way. Sam let him have the rags and sat back. Dean said, I'm okay, Sammy. Holy fuck. Shut up. You got mauled by a cougar? Little Sam started cleaning the wounds with an efficiency and level-headedness that was frightening to see in a 13-year-old, even to Sam, who had been that exact 13-year-old. He was glad they'd sprung for a fully stocked kit. He'd need a few stitches. Sammy would probably do that too. Dean seemed more relaxed with the other Sam's hands on him. The thing came back to the front of Sam's mind, watching them. That wasn't just two brothers, it was something else. Dean, sitting right there, had to be thinking about the way his brother's hands felt on him, even as blood gushed out of his side, especially seeing them together. Sam couldn't get his head around it. They were kids. Sam thought of all the times he stitched Dean up, both pre and post age 13, and how the same must have been true then, too. He couldn't tell if the way his stomach flipped meant he felt violated or just confused, the spark of energy up his spine like he was looking at some infuriating, unsolvable thing. How could Dean ever have wanted that from him? How the hell did he put it behind him when Sam couldn't stop thinking about it long enough to accurately panic over blood loss. Dean, adult Dean, crashed through the trees and ran up to their carnage with his gun in hand, dripping sweat. His face went slack with shock when he took it all in. A fucking cougar? Sam said, I know. He scooted back from the two kids and got to his feet, brushing off his jeans and leaving a streak of Dean's blood. He managed to look at Dean the older one. Sam's sore nose throbbed angrily, as if remembering his punch, and he was grateful that they'd been given something else to focus on. Not a good thing, but still. Dean stared down at the boys and not at Sam, as the younger Dean grunted quietly in pain, one hand fisted in the leg of his brother's shorts. Again, Sam asked the younger Dean, "'What happened?' Sammy shifted the rag he had pressed to Dean's side to stop the bleeding and Dean made another wounded sound. It came right at me. He said tightly. I didn't come up on it. It came up on me. Like it was tracking me. What did you do? Backed away? Like you're supposed to? Uh, Made myself big? It just jumped. It didn't care. Went for my neck but I got in the way. The older Dean tucked his gun into his waistband and went slowly around to where the cougar's giant body lay crumpled. It stunk of burnt flesh and hair and hot metallic blood. He crouched down by its face and reached out, did some things Sam couldn't see from where he was standing. It seemed normal otherwise? Dean asked his younger self. It took him a second to answer. I guess. No. A wince. Grit teeth. No weird shit. No glowing eyes or or gunk or whatever. Hmm. Sammy said, hold this. And Dean cocked his arm back to hold the rag to his side. Sammy took Dean's wounded arm in his hand and pressed a rag to the puncture wounds from the cougar's teeth. You put your arm in its mouth? Yeah, it was on top of me. Claws went down the side. God, Dee. Sammy paused and craned his neck up to look at Sam standing behind him. Cougars don't do this. Is it a demigod thing? Heat or whatever? Sam had been wondering that. He frowned. It's possible, more likely than anything else. Makes animals go nuts, frenzied. He trailed off. With all the worse effects a demigod could have, it seemed pathetic that their first real injury was caused by the fact that animals didn't react to magic well. He tried to dig up what he learned from his demigod research, but it was so long ago. Animals reacted. That was all he remembered. Just bad luck. Dean prodded at the dead cougar some more, feeling around its stomach and chest for abnormalities or clues. Hey, Sam said. Dean looked up. Were you messing with the walkie-talkie earlier? Dean sat back on his heels and scrubbed sweat from his brows. It was the first time they'd really looked each other in the eyes, since. No, when? Sam said, just before this. I was up ahead and it started making this static noise, like you had it pressed. Did you hear me calling? Yeah, you said, get back here. No, before that. I pushed the button on and off and said some stuff. Dean frowned. That didn't go through. Hmm. They looked at each other, silent. Sam almost wasn't thinking about the thing for two seconds, but then Dean's eyes flicked off his and wandered over his face. It was quick and practiced, but Sam thought they lingered on his mouth a little too long. They moved to a flatter, more shaded area for Dean to get his wounds stitched. It was the hottest part of the day, and they were all grateful for the break. They drank water, any that wasn't needed for cleaning the wounds, and ate sparingly. The trees were so desiccated this far up the mountain that they didn't provide much shade except for right underneath. The younger Sam and Dean were under one tree, the others another a few yards away. Sam watched his younger self sterilizing the suture needle with a detached kind of awe. He still had his shirt off and his ribcage showed through his back when he leaned over his brother who lay turned on his side in front of him. He had one hand on Dean's ribs, above the wound, his fingers spread wide against his bare skin. It reminded Sam of the way you touched a horse, firm and steadying so you didn't spook it. He thought about seeing them napping together the other day, the way he buried his face in Dean's chest. Sam didn't realize how touchy they had been, but it stood out, looking from the outside. They'd always been like that, He didn't remember what he thought of it back then, or if he thought about it at all. Forest, trees, etc. He hadn't spoken to the dean next to him in 20 minutes. He was on the far side of the tree, so if Sam looked over, he could just see the back of his sunburnt pink arm and one jean-clad knee. He was whittling again. Shk, shk. Teen Dean yelped. Ow, fuck. You did that on purpose. Dean Sam, quiet and full of mirth. Don't be a baby. Sam closed his eyes and leaned his head back against the tree. Every so often he'd hear a grunt of pain, a soft shh, and the snap of medical scissors, and the glide of the Dean's whittling knife. He drifted. He didn't remember when Dean had learned to whittle, only that it showed up in his life at some point. He thought about the word grooming. He wondered if you were supposed to be able to see that kind of thing, looking back. It didn't feel like that's what it was, but that was the whole point. No part of him felt like ascribing that kind of malice to Dean, but again, if it wasn't Dean's fault, whose fault was it? Sam's? For all he knew, he'd been some weird, coquettish kid that led Dean on without knowing it, another facet of the rotten thing inside him that he'd been half aware of since he learned to talk. Could have been worse, Dean said from next to him. With the cougar. Sam opened his eyes, gazing up into the trees. Way worse. Shook, shook. You think it's just the heat thing? Nothing fancy going on? Yeah, animals hate this level of magic. We haven't seen any birds this whole time. Huh. Shook. Kid caught a rabbit, though. Yeah, and what are the odds of that, normally? Huh, Dean said again. Sam was pretty sure the cougar was nothing to worry about beyond the wounds, but it was so hot and he was so tired and everything had gotten so fucked up. He couldn't remember what he knew or didn't know about cougars or demigods. He wanted a shower and a beer and a salad full of fruit and nuts and cheese served in a bowl as big as his head. He wanted 2009 and to rain on the roof of the Impala in a motel with an ice machine. Dean asked, Your nose okay? Sam hadn't thought about it in a while, overshadowed as it was by the cougar attack and the hypothetical incest. He prodded it and it was only mildly tender. Fine. Dean pushed back against the tree and got to his feet. The smell of his sweat moved with him, Warm and dirty and human. Sorry, he said. Four. Standing had put his hand near Sam's face, holding his chunk of whittling wood that had started to look like a horse or something else four-legged. Dean had thick fingers, nails full of dirt, calluses, and wrinkled knuckles. Sam knew those hands as well as his own. His eyes drifted to the kid on the ground under the tree, with his fine bones and smooth skin and freckled face, and he couldn't put them together. All things considered, it was probably better that he couldn't. Sam didn't say anything. He wasn't sure that Dean was looking for a response, anyway. Young Dean got stitched up and bandaged, but it was slow going on the hike afterwards. He was dopey on pain meds and didn't move very fast, and Dean was weighed down by carrying his pack for him, they had a rock formation that stretched for miles in either direction and their only good option was to climb it. So they called it quits for the day and Sam left to scout the creek for more water. He had his shirt off again. It was too hot for modesty or awkwardness or whatever the hell was going on between him and Dean. Both Deans. He was as tanned as he was going to get and it already started to peel across his shoulders. The air was eerily still even so high up. No breeze just cracked dirt and scrubby bushes and nearly dead trees. It had started to feel more desert-like than forested. He kept the walkie-talkie hooked to his belt, just in case. It hadn't made any noise since the static earlier. He had all their water bottles with him, two in each hand. It was the strangest sensation to not be thirsty despite the heat in the demigod's otherworldly drought. He knew he should be, and he knew his mouth was dry but it was like he didn't care. It was the same thing with food. No growling stomach, no emptiness, although they hadn't had a full meal in two days or maybe longer. Time was blurring already. He found the creek after 10 minutes of knee-aching down climbing. It was a little healthier than when they'd last seen it, a thin but steady flow that actually resembled a creek and would be worth washing in once the sun went down and good for Dean's stitches. He filled their bottles and dropped in some much-needed electrolyte tablets, soaked the two rags the younger Sam sent with him, and headed back to where they were setting up camp. The younger Dean was propped against a tree. He was shirtless and languid with the heat and painkillers, ropey arms folded loosely around his middle, which was wound with gauze. The bite marks in his right forearm had been bandaged with military precision. The Sam set the wet rags down on the blanket next to him. Here. Sam held his water bottle out to him. Drink. It took Dean a second to look up. Register the bottle and take it. Several yards away, out of earshot, the other two put up their respective tents. Sam watched them, distracted. Dean fumbled the snapping tent poles and they clattered loudly to the ground. The younger Dean took a labored breath and said, with a quiet, simmering anger, I don't want to fuck him. It took Sam a second to remember what he'd said in the wake of Dean's sucker punch. Semantics, he thought, then instantly felt bad about it. It was probably an important distinction to Dean. Okay, he said, because that was safe. It was maybe the only safe thing to say. Dean sighed noisily, frustrated. Sam didn't remember what kind of pharmacy they'd stocked the med kit with, but it was enough to make the kid sloppy and okay with being outwardly annoyed. Dean twisted off the cap of his water bottle with a pissy flourish. Whatever, whatever. I don't have to to justify myself to you. It's not. I'm a freak, but I'm not a monster. It's not like that. He wasn't looking at Sam, thank God. He also wasn't looking at his brother. Sam followed his gaze, and he was staring at his older self who was still struggling with the tent poles. Big and weathered, sunburnt, wearing each one of his 30 years, and then some. Sam knew he should leave it alone. He had nothing to say to this kid that was even a halfway good idea, and no answers he'd get by prying that he actually wanted to hear. He had water to hand out. But he looked down at him and the ragged rise and fall of his chest, and his voice had that same raw, broken sound it had before and it was hard to swallow without a chaser. I shouldn't have said it. It was as olive a branch as Sam knew how to give just then. It's... Whatever. Okay. Dean drank some water. I'm sorry for... Uh... Yeah. Kissing you, twice, Sam figured. He hadn't expected an apology. The kid must have really been fucked up over it. Sam sighed. It's okay. I know you're having a hard time. You just broke up with, what's her name, right? Heather? Dean twisted his head to look up at him. Who? Sam got a juddering, sinking feeling, like the ground dipped under him. He looked away fast, his stomach swooping low. Never mind. He still wasn't thirsty, but his dry throat was sticking. He walked to where the other Sam was putting together his tent with a teenager's bored reluctance and set his water bottle by his pack, got a brief thanks in return, then went to the older Dean. Dean won his battle with the tent poles and was slipping the tent on through its loops. Sam hadn't seen him with his arms bare for longer than the occasional sweltering afternoon in years, and it made him look young. He looked up when he saw Sam and rolled his eyes. Nah, don't worry, Sammy. I got this. Thanks for the offer. Sarcasm as he continued the thankless work of erecting the tent. Sam nodded, dazed, and put his water bottle on the ground. Ruby called him Sammy sometimes. More importantly, he let her. She teased him with it at least once, pressed up against him from behind, reached around and grabbed him, and pitched her voice down all gravelly. Sammy. And it... Sam sat down by their bags, meaning to unpack the things they'd need for the night, but then he just sat. Sweat rolled down his spine. Dean got one of the tent poles through, then set to work on the other, and Sam watched, lightheaded. Dean's big shoulders and narrow waist, black shirt tight around his arms. He was objectively beautiful. Sam stopped pretending he didn't notice a long time ago. On appearances alone, Dean could get anyone he wanted. It was his personality that narrowed the candidate pool, but it didn't narrow it that much. The way you heard about this kind of thing, it was two maladjusted kids taking it out on each other or finding some slice of solace in a messed up world. Maybe they fit that bill at some point in their lives, but not anymore. Sam went to Stanford. Dean got more pussy than he knew what to do with. They were fucked up, sure, but not like that. Dean said it was in the past. He hardly remembered it, he said. It was two weeks, 13 years ago. Sam had to believe him. Without his clippers, Dean's hair was getting long at the back or longer than the near-to-skin buzz he normally kept it at. Sam brought his hand to his mouth and chewed the nail of his index finger, starting on one side. It was filthy underneath and dirt came up behind his teeth, salty with sweat. His heart was doing a lopsided thing that felt like heart palpitations. It was too fucking hot. Sam walked. It was early evening. The heat was just starting to break and he went back to the rocky ridge they turned around at earlier. It was about 10 feet tall. Easy to scale if they were all in working condition and it would be easy enough to boost the injured Dean up tomorrow once he'd had a chance to rest. He dug the toe of his boot in and pulled himself up. Found a handhold and pulled up again. The rock wasn't good, and a few of the holds flaked under his fingers, but he got up easy enough. He pulled himself up to the top ledge, swung around, and sat. The view was better over the trees, the valley stretching endlessly below. He ran his hands through his hair, and it was gritty with sandy dirt. It felt like they'd been there a lifetime, but how long had it been? Two days? Three? He felt like he should have been more sure. He wondered how the same view would look in 2009, how the sprawl of the cities might have crept, the reduction in view from the worsening seasonal fires and air quality. Nothing could make him do this hike again when they got back, but he wondered. If they got back. Hey. He hadn't heard anyone approach. He looked down between his swinging boots and saw his younger self. His floppy hair was greasy enough to stay pushed back, and his ears were sunburnt. He looked pensive and drawn in a way that was incongruous on such a young face. Hey, Sam said back. Can I come up? It's a free rock. Sammy took it for the invitation it was and started scaling the short rock face. Light and in possession of a child's boundless energy, he was up in nothing flat. He sat heavily next to Sam and kicked his feet over the edge, swinging. He stunk the way they all did. Sweat and skin, and faintly, the metallic smell of Dean's blood stuck under his nails and in the cracks of his hands. How's the patient? Sam asked. The kid huffed. Cranky and stoned? Sounds about right. He kicked his sneakers against the stone. Sam remembered those shoes, chunky New Balance runners that were white once. They were hand me downs from Dean, worn nearly through by the time they were new to him and still half a size too big. He had very little at that time that hadn't been Dean's first. Just as Sam realized they'd been quiet for too long, the younger Sam sighed. Sorry we haven't, like, talked much. Sam shrugged. All good. I haven't talked to you either. It's just, you're me. What do I say? It's weirdly awkward. It's cool. By definition, he could relate. It was hard to think of the kid as a real person. He was just this little creature that fell out of Sam's head and was now alive and breathing next to him, like something out of a sci-fi novel. He didn't like or dislike him any more than he did himself, and the jury was still out on that one. The younger Sam asked, Can I ask you a future question? If it's about the internet, I don't know what else I can tell you. No, about you. Sam hesitated and scratched his fingers against the warm rock under them. The kid hadn't asked much so far, and it wasn't a good idea to go there, but Sam knew him, and he couldn't imagine saying no. He said, Give it a shot, but if it's too much, I won't say. That's fair. Um. Sammy took a moment to steel himself. Do you go to college? You're a hunter, I guess, but Part-time? Some kind of internet school? Sam tried not to let anything show in his face. It would have meant the world to him at 13 to hear that he went to Stanford and that he came close to not sleeping with a loaded gun in his bedroom. That he had a bedroom. Something like that. He said instead. It was already too much. Sammy breathed in sharp, encouraged. Does Dean come? What? he ducked his head. I don't know, to school or not school? It wouldn't be hard for him to get an apartment or something or stay with you if he went to school, where your school is. If he wanted to hunt or get a job. He looked towards Sam. Does he get a job? Jesus, he forgot. He really used to think that Dean would give up the life for him. It was embarrassing to hear the naivete in retrospect and kind of sweet. Sweet in a stupid way, like a dog chasing its own tail. He'd never been a stupid kid, but he could be idealistic to a fault, especially about Dean. I can't say. It was unconvincing. Little Sam rolled his eyes. Right. He doesn't come with you, Sam wanted to say. He doesn't stick up for you to dad, and he doesn't visit or even call and he makes it up to you later by trying to kiss you on the fucking mouth. It wasn't really fair to fault Dean for that kiss. He was just a messed up kid, but Sam still wanted to fault him. He had to blame someone, because if it was nobody's fault, then his brother just wanted to kiss him, and he had to accept that as a neutral fact. And he, he was going in circles with that. He touched his mouth, absent. What do you think of him? He asked. Who, Dean? Yeah. What do you mean? You know. You're me. It's different. I was you a long time ago. It's not... It's different now. With him. Sam shook his head. Do you even like him? He's my best friend. You don't really have much of a choice. Little Sam sighed. It was an old man's sigh that sounded tired beyond his years. Well, I don't know. He's just Dean. He rubbed his mouth in a very Dean-like gesture. Sam never noticed it before. It's like whenever he's pissed off or mean to me, I think about, okay, I don't know if you remember this, but last year in Fort Worth, there was this Brent kid who bullied the shit out of me. Like, really bullied me. Bad stuff. Sam remembered. He knew where the story was going, but he let him go on. So I came home all messed up and Dean made me tell him who Brent was and he found out who his parents were and he uh, went through this whole thing to make his mom think his dad cheated on her. So his parents split up and Brent moved away. Do you remember that? It was horrific, obviously, but Sam smiled. Slowly. He sighed. Yeah, I remember. Sammy laughed, but not like it was funny. So, he's so stupid, and he's a freak sometimes, but... I think about the thing with Brent when he's being a jerk. Because he loves me. You know? In a Dean way. Sam rarely thought of whatever him and Dean had for each other as love. It was like calling the Titanic a boat. Not wrong, but unspecific. Narrow. It scares you, too. Though. He said gently, How much he loves you. It's kind of fucking you up. He used to, and still did, to an extent, worry that he'd get someone killed by Dean, say something wrong or elaborate too much, and Dean would go too far in his mindless revenge. Dean's love was heavy, and Sam had been holding it for a long time. This thing happening with him now was just a new weight. Sammy didn't confirm or deny that it was fucking him up, because he didn't have to. He asked, does he still do stuff like that? Sam thought about threats spilling so easily from Dean's mouth any time someone so much as mildly inconvenienced Sam, a protective hand around his upper arm like a vice, not unlike the way a parent reached reflexively for their kid's hand before crossing the street, which Dean had also done when they were younger, and then still when they were way too old for it. Pretty much, yeah. Even after everything Sam had done, Stanford, Ruby, Dean was still around. Things were rarely perfect, not back home and not here either, but they were trying. That had to count for something. Dean's love was fanatical and snarling, and it never let up. Sammy asked, What are you mad at him for? Unexpected. What? You're mad at him, right? I don't know if it's yours or mine, but you're mad at a Dean. One of them hit you? Your nose was all fucked up earlier. But Sam didn't know if he was mad. He wasn't not mad, but it was something else. Something worse. Mine. He admitted. Why? Just stupid stuff. Maybe I deserve it. He looked down at the kid's bony little knees and his small hands and he didn't feel like he deserved it. His stomach clenched, nervous. Thirteen was, he couldn't imagine. He could have been more tactful, but it was hard to swallow. The brother part of the whole thing was bad enough on its own. What about my Dean? Sammy asked, faux casual again. Is he mad at us? Us? Yeah. Yeah. Or me, I don't know, he's, he picked at his nails, fidgeting. He's not, uh, I was going to say, don't make fun of me, but you're me, so. He's not pushing me around the way he does. I mean, like, before he got hurt. He's not touching me, Sam heard. He remembered that much about Dean's teenage mood swings, The way he'd flip between touchy-feely, shovy wrestling and get-off-me-grow-up. The new context for the shifts made Sam's heart squeeze up, imagining Dean's guilt and conscience kicking in in turns. Sam came close to saying, it's kind of nice, huh? The way he touches you? Just to say it to the one person he could be guaranteed would agree. He already knew how he felt about it at 13, anyway. Not that he'd ever admit it. It was physicality and warmth with the only person in his life, with John being, in a huge way, less intimate with him than Dean was. It was more than nice. It made him feel human. He's just in one of his moods, Sam said instead. It wasn't a total lie. He's not really handling this whole thing well. You know he's sensitive. Sammy snorted a laugh and tucked his hair behind his ear. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They headed back to camp in the purplish twilight. It wasn't cool, but it was less hot. Dean had gotten a small fire going and sat on the ground in front of it, leaned back on one hand. The younger Dean was absent, likely sleeping off his painkillers in his tent. Sammy went into their tent to check on him. Sam went to the fire and sat across from Dean. Dean's eyes flicked to his when he sat down, but he didn't say anything. He was chewing on one of the shitty ration bars they brought, the only kind of food they had left. They were dry and tasteless, but it didn't matter much when none of them had been hungry for a day and a half. It was two weeks, 13 years ago. That's what Dean told him. The more Sam thought about it, and he couldn't stop thinking about it, hadn't all day, he wasn't sure if he believed him. There was no sure thing he could point at directly, just a feeling in his chest like someone was squeezing his heart in their fist. He knew Dean, or thought he did. It wasn't impossible. He watched Dean from across the fire without trying to hide it. He tried to understand what could possibly make someone want something like what Dean wanted, how many steps had to be misstepped between age 4 and 30 to end up where they currently were. He couldn't get his head around it, so he stared the shape of Dean's broken, reset nose, the bow of his lips that always made Sam wonder which estranged ancestor gave that to him, his crow's feet, his scruffy jaw. The shapes and shadows in the fire leapt over his face, dancing. Dean's love was heavy the way something solid and well-made had weight to it. But Sam never felt like he deserved it. He didn't know what to do with it. Learning that it went even deeper than he ever could have thought, and that what he thought was already pretty bad, made him feel all hot and weird, like his skin was too small. He couldn't imagine something as deeply held as that ever going away. When he really looked at it and turned it over, he didn't hate it. He had the sinking, dangerous feeling that he should have hated it more. Dean's love was fanatical and snarling. It never let up. Sam took hours to fall asleep and had long, stressful dreams. He woke the next morning like surfacing from the bottom of a lake, pressure easing, breath coming into his lungs. The oppressive heat never got any easier and it was deadly then, the wet condensation from their breath on the inside of the tent, the orange glow from the canvas, hot behind his closed eyelids. Dean's heat was all up his front. Dean's side, the soft part between his ribs and hip, was hot under Sam's fingers. Sam rolled his forehead against his sticky nape. The collar of his T-shirt was wet at the back with either sleep sweat or Sam's drool. Sam tucked his knees behind Dean's. His mind was empty, half asleep, and the tent was a cocoon, sweat and sleep breath and morning light. He could almost pretend it was a motel room if he only focused on Dean, a morning like any other. He moved his face against the back of Dean's neck again. It felt like the thing to do. He slid the hand on Dean's side over his stomach. Up his chest, hard yet soft under his palm, damp shirt dragging with the motion. He didn't know if Dean was asleep or how long he'd stay asleep if he was. It didn't seem important. Dean wasn't moving. Sam petted his way down over Dean's stomach again, slowly, slowly, flat and warm and rising gently with his breath, over his abdomen and then back up. It was comforting. Sam didn't know why. He liked feeling Dean breathe under his palm, feeling his heartbeat through his back, the sound of his breathing, his life. Sweat prickled where their bare calves were slotted together under the thin sheet. Sam felt like he was asleep. He let his mind go perfectly softly white, empty and smooth. Nothing existed outside the tent. His hand brushed lower over the front of Dean's boxers. He was hard, and the first indication he gave that he was awake was the way his dick jumped against Sam's fingers. Sam cupped it just to feel it in his hand, hot through the cotton. It felt about as big as his. Sam knew everything else about Dean, so somehow this didn't seem like a stretch. If Dean wanted to push him off, he could. They'd bounced back from worse things than a little half-asleep dick-touching. He just held him for a while, feeling him get thicker and harder in his hand. Sam took a snuffling breath against the back of Dean's neck and moved his mouth. Not a kiss, just feeling the sensation of skin on skin, the way his stubble caught. Dean was perfectly still and obviously awake now, pouring sweat. Sam tipped his head forward so his face was tucked into the hot dark between Dean's nape and his pillow, away from the light. It felt like hiding, safe, a blanket fort with motel sheets. He started stroking him through his boxers. Dean's thighs flexed against his, tension, pleasure, whatever. It felt good to feel Dean push back on him, the way his breathing picked up. Sam squeezed him tighter his thumb skidding up over the crown and felt him shift restlessly. Steady, slow pressure, the clasp of his fingers pulling the fabric tight, the faint sound of it and the movement of the sheet. Dean's hand closed around his wrist, tight enough to make him stop. If Dean wanted him to stop, he would. They could still come back from this. He could roll over and go to sleep. They spent a few moments there breathing in time. Then, slower than anything, Dean pulled Sam's hand up, over his stomach, and down again. This time, into his boxers. Sam sighed, not a groan, not moaning, just tension, as his fingers closed around Dean's dick, so hard now, burning hot and tacky with sweat. Not able to see, he mapped it out by feel. The plush veins, the thickness, the silky head. He curled into him from behind and started to stroke again, and Dean kept holding his forearm like he might want him to stop, but otherwise he didn't move. Didn't say a word, didn't actually pull him away. Sam could feel every muscle in Dean's body tense up, trying to hold still or maybe just hold it together. Sam pressed his face into the top of his back and worked his wrist, muggy in Dean's boxers. Dean was dripping already, and it slicked his grip. Dean lifted his head. Sam thought with a world-ending spike of terror that he was trying to turn over, and grabbed Sam's arm, the one under his pillow, and tugged it through. He took Sam's hand and put it over his mouth. Then Sam did make a noise, or it might have been Dean. Sam buried his face again, higher, shifting up, so his mouth was against the soft bristles of Dean's hair. So Dean was trapped between Sam's hand over his mouth and his face behind him. So Dean could hear him breathing in his ear. So he could feel Dean breathing harsh through his nose. Dean's back went tight and his breathing got shallow. What breathing he could do. The hand on Sam's arm restlessly clasped, letting go and grabbing again. And Sam kept jerking him, tight and slow and steady, unrelenting. He pulled his boxers down at the front so he could take him out. It was insane to feel Dean lose it and try not to. The way he couldn't keep still and pushed back against him. Like it felt so good he couldn't stand it. Sam always liked giving pleasure more than he liked getting it. He never knew what to do with his hands. He knew what to do with them now. Tugging with one, faster. The other pushing up to close Dean's nose along with his mouth. That got him Dean's first real, deep-throated groan. Too loud and Dean started to shudder and pull in on himself. It had only been a minute. Sam felt him try to breathe under his hand, stop and suck in again, desperate, another choked moan, and then he went still. His head tipped back and ground into Sam's, and he pulsed in Sam's hand, thick spurts over his fingers into the sheets of their makeshift bed. Dean grabbed Sam's wrist so hard, his bones ground together straining and twisting, still spurting over his knuckles. Sam kept his hand over Dean's mouth until he was done, to make it good for him, to feel the wet heat of his struggled breaths. When Sam took his hand away and let it fall to the bedroll, Dean was breathing hard, loud in the enclosed tent. He hadn't let go of Sam's wrist, the hand that was still loosely holding his dick. Sam was hard, he realized, fully hard, and pushed up against the line of Dean's thighs. He couldn't even begin to think about doing anything with it. He had no idea what he'd do if Dean rolled over and tried. Dean's grip slowly loosened, but he let Sam keep his hand around his dick. The skin contact was soothing, a newborn against its mother's chest. Sam fell back asleep without meaning to. His forehead pressed to the top of Dean's spine.